0: Hello everybody, I'm Michael Rock.
1: And I'm Brendan Collins, and welcome Ball Stars one and all, to another episode of the Balls Over the Top podcast.
0: Yeah, we can't believe it either, but here we are. It's another week of sports, and we got a bunch of great ones lined up for you here, and we're excited. We have some soccer, some football, we don't have football, it's just football news, but yeah. it's still football to talk about, and everything in between, so we are going to jump Right into it with world football. And it was an interesting one this past weekend. A short stack in the Premier League for match day 29. We saw several matches postponed due to to concurrent FA Cup matches going on. But there were several teams that were in action. Including were two newly promoted teams, Leeds and Fulham, which saw their way to a pretty exciting matchup there.
1: Yeah, coming out of this one with the win is Leeds getting goals from one of the best strikers in the Premier League this season, surprisingly enough, Patrick Branford.
0: Yeah, he's been pretty remarkable, and that ends up being enough for them to get the points over Scott Parker's side. Fulham still scrambling, still has a chance to stay up this season, but they're going to have to figure it out in the remaining quarter of the season here. Elsewhere, we saw Brighton net a 3 0 victory over Newcastle, and then we saw wild th- threes in the other matchup of the weekend. West Ham and Arsenal drew three to three after West Ham had the three to nothing lead, including two own goals conceded there, which yeah. is crazy.
1: Both, I mean, both coming off. Well, I mean, one was really ugly. One just like slammed it back into the net. Sussex was a little bit more you know, common mistake. But, and then Lacazette slams home an 81st-minute equalizer, and Mikel Arteta's got to be happy getting a result out of somebody who's ahead of them on the table.
0: Yeah, West Ham's honestly been in a really great run of form. Seems to have sputtered a little bit this last week, 10 days or so. But overall, they've been one of the more impressive sides this season. But we saw... More action in the FA Cup this weekend than we did in the Premier League, including a handful of teams forge their way into the semifinals. We're going to see Chelsea take on Manchester City and Leicester taking on Southampton. So Chelsea got the victory over Sheffield, Manchester beat Everton, Leicester beat United, and Southampton beat Bournemouth. Yes. So... A handful of good sorry. matches there. Yeah, there was impressive for Bournemouth to have made it there, the so championship game. late run. But they come up short, and it'll be an interesting semifinals there, but they are several weeks away. We'll talk about them when they're coming up. We're going to make our way into the Bundesliga, where yeah. it was match day 26 this past week.
1: And it was a full docket of games, and we'll jump right into it with the first game of this weekend. Going down on Friday, Red Bull Leipzig gets the one-nil away result against Bielefeld.
0: Yeah, and came up huge this game. Yeah, was I mean, all over the pitch.
1: Was completely driving the possession. Marcel Stabitzer does get the lone goal for Red Bull Leipzig to get them the victory, but Kunku definitely has a candidacy for man of the match and helping keep that clean sheet.
0: Absolutely. Elsewhere, we saw top of the table Bayern Munich net the 4-0 victory over Stuttgart. Early in the match, Alfonso Davies sent off in the 12th minute, shown a straight red card, including a two-match ban, for which Robert Lewandowski comes in and, I believe, what, has the brace before halftime, and then gets the hat trick by the end of the game. Yeah,
1: like the 53rd minute. I mean, going down to 10 men was no disadvantage for Bayern and... They're keeping their pace at to the top of the table, four points clear of Red Bull Leipzig right now.
0: And then I believe what it was Serge Narbury, I believe, yes, got the fourth he one got after the fourth that. Elsewhere, we saw Eintracht Frankfurt met a solid five to two victory over Union Berlin. Frankfurt has been one of the more impressive sides since the Christmas, you know, holiday break.
1: Absolutely, and Andre Silva hoping to. Keep climbing up near Robert Lewandowski, doesn't quite match the pace this week, only getting himself a brace to match Max Kruse's brace for Union Berlin. But Frankfurt got goal scoring out of everybody this week. Kostic scores a goal. The American Timmy Chandler scores a goal. And they get a little contribution from Union Berlin themselves with Robert Andrich giving up an own goal.
0: Yeah, it was just goals all around, it seemed. The, but there was a match where neither side could squeak out the victory, and I don't know how you're feeling about it.
1: Uh, frustrated, man. This game was kind of brutal to watch. FC Cologne and Dortmund tie up 2-2, two two and Dortmund scored first, first with Erling Holland getting a great third-minute goal, just absolutely uh, running right at the back line and getting one past the goalkeeper, and it takes... 87 minutes and a halftime break for them to score again with Erling Holland getting the 90th minute brace. He storms off the field, rips his jersey off. Our fears should be quelled for now. He says he's content here at Dortmund, but man, not a good string of performances for the side that's in fifth place right now.
0: No, really, they were hoping to capitalize, put this Return of Erling, the the form, the goal scoring, all of that, turn it into climbing up the table, and yet they just can't seem to figure it out. They have it going in the Champions League, moving on to the next round and the success there, but just cannot seem to put the pieces together on a consistent basis in the Bundesliga. Curious to see what's going to happen, and the transfer rumors are ever-present surrounding their lead man, Erling Holland.
1: And a bunch of contributing pieces. I mean, you keep hearing things for Jaden Sancho, other stars like Gio Reyna keeps getting possible nods for English sides. It'll be interesting to see what this transfer window holds. But elsewhere in the Bundesliga, Werder Bremen faced off against Wolfsburg, and Wolfsburg gets the two to one result away. Unfortunately, American striker Josh Sargent gives up an own goal, and Veghors gets another one to give. Wolfsburg, the victory, and they remain solidly in third place.
0: Yeah, Wolfsburg, really one of the more surprising clubs this season. Consistent week in, week out. They beat the teams they're supposed to, and they off- often are able to squeak out points in the matches where you maybe don't expect them to. So.
1: Yeah, and just solid defense. Castiles, Brooks on, on the back line. Really, the the whole backside has been quite taut for Wolfsburg this season.
0: Well, we love a taut backside.
1: Absolutely.
0: Moving on, though, we saw a, More of a sur- backslide. Yeah, surprising result here as Hertha Berlin was able to thrash Bayer Leverkusen three 0 nil this past weekend, and really a shocking result. Leverkusen. It seems like they're in a bit of a free fall.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're right now still in sixth place somehow, but only two points ahead of Union Berlin in seventh. And the skid has basically not stopped ever since they dropped out of Europa League. And it'll be interesting to see how the club manages to pull it around. Elsewhere, we saw Schalke lose another game to Borussia M'gladbach, but at this point, Schalke losing isn't really news anymore. What is news? is that Borussia McLaughlin seems to have a possible successor for the manager position.
0: Yeah, and it's somebody who we are pretty familiar with, who's made their rounds through many of the major leagues, won pretty much every trophy you could win, and has played in the Bundesliga for much of the last decade.
1: Absolutely. It's Xavi Alonso, emerges as the top candidate. No deal has been inked yet, but it's looking like the manager of Sociedad B is going to make the jump to the Bundesliga.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to find the same success he had as a player, which was trophies. Oh yeah, monumental. We're going to make our way over to the Serie A, and we had a handful of matches played this weekend, but I believe the biggest news was a match that was not played. And that is because due to a COVID-19 outbreak, Inter Milan and Susulo was postponed. The top-of-the-table side has an outbreak within their ranks. It remains to be seen just how significant it is, but from the s- looks of it, it could be fairly serious. Romelu Lukaku was just dismissed from the Belgian international camp as a extra precaution, but... Hopefully, they're able to take care of it, but you never know with these things. Sometimes it sprouts up and it can, it can take out 60-70% of the team.
1: And it's daunting for the league leaders. Elsewhere in the Serie A, we saw Atalanta get a 2-0 away result against Hellas Verona. Hellas Verona's been a bit of a giant killer in the Serie A this season, but come up empty against the re-emergence of Atalanta.
0: Yeah, it seems like Atalanta is putting the pieces back together after a weird lull in the middle of the season of falling out with their skipper, having to send Papu Gomez over to Sevilla. They had a little bit of disarray, and now things are getting back on the right track. But I know you mentioned giant killers. We saw the slaying of a giant this past weekend elsewhere in the Serie A as Benevento was able to squeak out the 1-0 victory over Juvenus who were just surging toward the top of the table, making a late stake for their title defense, and they are thwarted by the lower part of the table side, you know, relegation fighting side, able to squeak out the 1-0 victory.
1: I mean, they were recently promoted, but I think they've... Snake their way up into near like tenth place.
0: Well, it's victories like these that can help them get there. We did see another big victory, or big victory by a top of the table side that was playing, and that is the crosstown rivals AC Milan was able to net the three to two victory over Fiorentina.
1: Zlatan gets the opening goal in this one, and from there the race was on but AC Milan able to come out ahead in this one. Elsewhere near the top of the table, we got two sides really fighting it out for possible Europa League contention next season, and that's Roma and Napoli. In this one, Napoli comes out of it with the 2-0 result. A little bit surprising, but it seems like Roma either scores in punches or not at all.
0: Yeah, they're a side that has struggled to find consistency offensively. Really seems like week in, week out, they're either lighting it up or totally stale. But there are a lot of teams like that throughout Europe, whether it's based on individual performance or just the matchups at hand. seems like there are teams that are hot and cold more often than there are consistent teams. But we're going to make our way over to La Liga.
1: Which has no consistency.
0: No, not in the slightest. But one thing that does remain kind of consistent is... The three big clubs like to beat up on the little clubs, and we saw that in bunches this past weekend. Started with Real Madrid getting the 3-1 to victory over Celta Vigo. Kareem Benzema continues his excellent form this month, maybe in a push to try and get a Player of the Month trophy in his cabinet. Nets a brace, scoring two goals in the first half. Real holds on for the 3-1 to victory, and... I feel like the top of this table is going to be just an absolute jumble for the next 10 weeks. But the top side will remain top for just a bit longer because Atletico Madrid was able to notch the one to nil victory over Alaves with a Luis Suarez second-half goal in the 54th minute giving them the victory.
1: That's all it took. I mean, Atletico Madrid hasn't really had a defensive problem much to speak of. They've been doing well at stifling their opponent's attacks. It's just that they haven't been able to produce many goals, but they produced one here with Luis Suarez getting the 54th-minute goal, and it'll be interesting to see if they can get a little bit of a spark in the goal-scoring department.
0: Yeah, I'm really hoping that they do now because we kicked them out of the Champions League. Don't have to worry about them. I was a little bit nervous about that team getting hot before Chelsea had to play them, so... No longer a concern, but the final team that you have to worry about in La Liga was also playing this past weekend, and that is FC Barcelona. And
1: they got the goal scoring.
0: Yeah, we saw it in bunches. They notch a six to one victory over Real Sociedad. Lionel Messi gets two goals. Sergio Dest two goals. Huge performance by the American, but overall, this match was never close. It no. was 3-0 to nil, even early, and they just ran away with it. The top of that table is crowded, and we will definitely keep an eye on it in the coming weeks. Really quickly, we'll peek over at France. We saw Monaco notch a 4-0 victory. Lille lost to Nîmes Olympique which is pretty interesting.
1: It is interesting, and it gives way for the league giants PSG to climb to first in the table after they get the 4-2 to two result away at Lyon. PSG was up 4 nothing in the 52nd minute after Kylian Mbappe gets his brace, and really Lyon just getting consolation goals at the end.
0: Yeah, it's huge. You know, Lille has been a surprising side all season, sitting at the top of the table, really put a great campaign together thus far. It'll be interesting to see if they're able to recover from this slip-up or if this is now just going to be PSGs for the taking.
1: Well, we can take it stateside and look at soccer here in the states as we ramp up for the MLS upcoming season, and we still have deals getting done.
0: Yeah, and this is pretty crazy because we have matches starting up in just the next couple of weeks, but a player making their way from England over here to the MLS is Kieran Gibbs, the longtime wing-back playing with tons of Premier League and European experience, is now leaving West Brom on an expiring contract and signing with David Beckham's Inter Miami.
1: Yeah. Does the MLS still have financial fair play rules or is Inter just allowed to sign like Whoever, because they have David Beckham.
0: Uh, I think the first one. Ah. David Beckham gets grandfathered into the MLS. Gotcha. Elsewhere, we saw NYCFC sign Chris Gloucester from PSV Eindhoven. 20-year-old signs a two-year contract with the option for two more. It's a pretty solid deal. Again, good to see the MLS bringing over talent from relevant leagues. The Eredivis, a League that plays in the European Champions and Europa Leagues. I'll take it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is a a pretty big deal to have a a youth player coming back from the European system and looking to play in the MLS, maybe making sure he gets the play time he wants. And it might be something where NYCFC has a hot commodity a couple years down the line. Well, instead of talking about the MLS, we should probably bring up the U.S. Men's National Team because we got to see a little bit of Olympic qualifying this past week. And it comes with the U.S. Men's National Team's win four nothing against the Dominican Republic. That puts them in their Group A just behind Mexico, even on points, but behind one on goal differential. Obviously, Men's National Team's hopes are intentions are to win this group, and I think they have a legitimate shot, but it'll be interesting to see where they go from here.
0: We're going to take our way off of the grass and onto the hardwood with some NBA news, and we start with some somber news. All-time NBA great, really one of the first people that put triple-double into the vocabulary. Elgin Baylor, 11-time All-Star, who averaged 27.4 27.4 points and 13 and half rebounds per game.
1: For his career.
0: Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, pretty much when you look up crazy stats in the NBA, there are three names that you see carpet bombing the record books. And it's Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, and Elgin Baylor. So this is somebody who's a little bit less known. If you're a young NBA fan, if you're a casual NBA fan, look him up. Incredible highlights, incredible fundamentals. This is before the three-point line. This is old-school, old-school basketball. But wow. Yeah. An incredible player, 11 All-Stars, no championships, never got to play on a winner. Played on the Clippers, played on the Lakers, or rather played on the Lakers, I believe was a Clippers executive. Yes but a huge monumental figure in the basketball world who will be missed.
1: An important part of breaking the racial barrier in basketball. Absolutely. It's 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 sad to see an icon go, but uh, absolutely cherish the memories that he put forth. Elsewhere in the NBA, though, it's not a lot of better news as the injury bug has bitten several big-time stars.
0: Yeah, we saw leading candidates for MVP and... Rookie of the Year, going down with injuries this week that could be season-threatening. LeBron James, Los Angeles Lakers power forward and small forward, power forward, GM. all-time great, can play point forward, yeah, GM, coach, you name it. Injured himself with a high ankle sprain this past week. Really a gruesome-looking injury, one of those plays where second you saw it happen, you knew it was going to be trouble.
1: Yeah, it looked like a lineman getting rolled up on.
0: Yep, he's going to be missing minimum of two weeks, but I think that's an optimistic timetable. I think they're just hoping that they can get him healthy and in game shape in time for playoff action. Elsewhere, we saw Rookie of the Year leader Lamello Ball injure his wrist, breaking his wrist on his shooting hand
1: He's probably going to miss the rest of the season. Yes,
0: projected to miss the rest of the season. Hopefully no long-term issues there. Was proving himself to be a generational-type talent. Unfortunate to see the season cut short.
1: Yeah, and I mean, this is coming off the heels of injuries to Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving's going to miss a couple games due to family issues. I mean, there's a lot of stars that aren't going to be suiting up for their NBA teams coming up.
0: Yeah, the NBA's got to be a little bit concerned in the home stretch of the season here, having a good portion of their best players unavailable. But there were a lot of players who are still playing, and this past week on St. Patrick's Day, we got to see some of the best performances of the season.
1: Yeah, a little bit of luck of the Irish coming through as we saw six triple-doubles on March 17th.
0: Yeah, absolutely remarkable. Great performances by James Harden, DeMontis Sabonis, Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, and Nikola Jokic. Majority of those guys are all-stars, putting their teams on their backs, putting up the big numbers, putting on a show for the fans on St. Paddy's Day. It was a fun day. i watched most of those games. It, It was a great... Entertainment. I mean, James Harden was playing lights out. Ben Simmons had an unbelievable game, especially with Joel Embiid being absent. It was a great day. (laughs) I didn't realize there were that many that day, but I watched almost all those games. And then when we saw this list, it was like, holy cow.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, this whole month of March has been crazy because we've had now three days in the month of March where there have been five or more triple doubles. Unbelievable. Production coming out of the NBA stars right now. And one NBA star who's been producing for a long time and just keeps on doing it. It's Chris Paul. He nets his 10,000th career assist.
0: Yeah, remarkable career that he is having. And it just never seems to stop now, spanning how many different franchises. And yet it just doesn't end.
1: No, he just, I mean, his ability to play the point, especially as we've seen the point guard position transition away from being the the passing facilitator and the ball mover into being an outside shooter and and the three-point shot really growing with, like, Steph Curry, now Jamal Murray, and Donovan Mitchell. Chris Chris Paul's part of that old guard.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, he got drafted all the way back in 2005 by the New Orleans... Hornets. They weren't even the Pelicans back then. They were still the Hornets. And had an incredible reign there. I mean, I remember, was best point guard in the league material. Totally different style of game, too. And then transforms his game to go play in the Clippers with Doc Rivers and Blake Griffin. Has a reign there.
1: Yeah, Lob City.
0: Yeah. Then goes to Houston with James Harden and has an unbelievable run of success there. Has an unbelievable season in Oklahoma City. Brings that team to the playoffs in the bubble.
1: Yeah, despite all the odds.
0: And now, look what he's doing with this young Phoenix team. One of the best records in the West. Especially now with the injuries out there. Maybe a real opportunity to move up in the standings.
1: Yeah, maybe get some home field advantage in this playoff.
0: And so 10,000 assists is not a surprise at all, but just a testament to what Chris Paul has done from location to location. His ability to adapt his game and raise up the players around him. Privileged to get to watch him do so.
1: Absolutely, getting to 6th place on that career assist list. Somebody who's been hitting a real skid of form, though, and it's an aforementioned team, Houston Rockets have dropped 20 straight games.
0: Yeah, we knew it was going to be tough. This an obvious rebuilding year after they move on from Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They also move on from Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni. So you knew it was going to be a rebuild. But wow, this is a little bit tougher than anybody expected. They have pieces. John Wall, Victor Oladipo. But they do not seem to be figuring it out down there in Texas. 20 straight losses. We're approaching Sixers process level bad. I'm curious to see what this team has in store to turn this ship around.
1: Yeah, we, it'll be interesting to see what ends this skid. And as Sixers fans, we have but one thing to be truly happy for, except for beating the Knicks and, you know, season sweep and 15 straight wins against the Knicks. It's our Delaware blue coats, Paul Reed, aka Basketball Paul, wins both G League MVP and G League's Rookie of the Year following an impressive campaign with Philadelphia's G League side.
0: Yeah, the second round pick led the Bluecoats through an impressive postseason run. Excited for him, put those trophies in his trophy cabinet, and who knows, maybe he'll be playing up with the big boys in the years to come.
1: I always like forward depth.
0: But let's pop over from the hardwood to the ice for some NHL hockey news and we're going to start out with a team that is in total disarray well actually a couple of teams in total disarray the buffalo sabers hit a abysmal 14 game winless streak and as a result they part ways with their head coach Ralph Krueger
1: the buffalo te- I, this buffalo team really just doesn't have anything going for them I've been, I've been i've been reading stories about it for the weeks and i mean when they were winning every couple of games it wasn't good but At this point, I mean, you have to grade the season in F. I don't think there's a player you can hang your hat on currently. They don't seem to have much defense. They don't seem to have much offense.
0: Yeah, I mean, the question becomes if they're going to potentially trade any of their big franchise pieces.
1: Yeah, all this becomes is just deadline news of, of who's going to get moved before the deadline.
0: But we can leave some time for that to stew, and we can speculate that. On that as we get closer to the trade deadline. Because we have our own problems to worry about here in Philadelphia.
1: Oh man, it has been a brutal week of Philadelphia Flyers
0: hockey. Philadelphia Flyers lost 2-1 tonight in overtime to the New York Islanders. And quite frankly, that's been one of maybe the highlights of the last couple of weeks. This team has been in just an abysmal run of form. Offense been non-existent. The defense been terrible, the goaltending turnovers been in your spotty. Own zone. Yeah.
1: Just just nightmarish displays and I mean really culminating in a saddening I mean just depressing nine to nothing loss against the Rangers in which both goalies got shelled. No no one seemed to have much fight in them at all. Zibanejad goes off for six points in a single period. It was Devastating.
0: Yeah, unless you had him in Daily Fantasy, you were not happy. Not thrilled. So we hope that we can turn this around. This has been a brutal run of games. I mean, this was a team we were talking about be- potentially getting the President's Trophy at one point, being a top seed in the conference, being a real force to be reckoned with as we approach the playoffs. And now... With the way they're playing, I think we can honestly say playoffs would be really in doubt. Well, I mean, they're
1: not currently in the playoffs. They're in that fourth-place spot in their division right now, and I don't see them really turning it around quickly. I shouldn't say that. We do have Sean Couturier back, so things could turn around. But, man, it has been a brutal skid in that fourth-place spot. Elsewhere in the Canadian division, you know, the Canadian division that was made because they didn't want to travel because... They were worried about COVID between the United States and Canada. Well, Canada has to cancel a couple of games. Guess they're not handling it so well after all, huh? Oilers, Canadians postponed due to COVID protocols after the Oilers pop two positive tests.
0: Okay, we're sorry, Canadian fan. We're not actually mad at you. No, I'm bullying the
1: Canadian fan because we only have one. I'm sorry,
0: Canadian fan. Regardless, we saw some history in Canada this past week on the ice, you know, where games weren't canceled because some people can do it right, but apparently not all of them. Akeel Thomas, the Los Angeles Kings prospect, teamed with Quinton Byfield and Devontae Smith-Pelly to form the first all-black line in the history of Ontario, of the Ontario reign of the American Hockey League.
1: Yeah, and it just wasn't, you know, a showpiece of three players coming out on the line together. They played extremely well. Thomas gets a hat trick on that line. The whole line combines for four goals and two assists and positive on the night in the victory. A really impressive showing for a freshly assembled line and not only making history, but doing it in style. They're
0: going to maybe make that line a little bit more of a regularity if they keep that play up. Elsewhere, we saw Jerome McGinley. It announced, I shouldn't say announced, but came out that he is going to be coaching the under-15 team of the Rink Hockey Academy in Kelowna. He's doing this because his sons happen to play on the team, and well, who better to be the resident team coach-slash-dad than NHL Hall of Famer Jerome Aguila?
1: A Rocket Award winner. I mean, the guy is just an absolute legend in the sport, playing for well over a decade it'll be interesting to see if this is the start of Jerome McGinley's coaching career, especially as the sons get older and, and move through the, the levels of hockey. But we can take it off the ice and take it into the weird stuff where we talk about our oddball stories of sports in the week.
0: Yeah, the NCAA men's and women's college basketball tournaments have kicked off, as I'm sure anybody who does or doesn't follow sports has been made aware of. Everywhere people filling out brackets, watching crazy upsets.
1: Yeah, there's like eight that are still alive.
0: Yeah, it's been remarkable. One of the biggest stories of the weekend has been 15 seed Oral Roberts notching not just one victory, but now two, upsetting both of their opponents. First, Ohio State, the second seed, and then number seven seed, Florida. They set themselves up for a Saturday matchup against Arkansas, the three seed. So if they do, I mean, it would be pretty crazy. I think, you know, 15 seeds don't normally make it to the Elite Eight. It would be fun. They immediately become the team that I'm rooting for alongside with Villanova because I think Jay Wright's pretty fly.
1: Yeah, Jay Wright's an awesome guy.
0: But off the court, there has been a pretty big black mark on the tournament this month pretty big blemish and embarrassment as the facilities for women compared to the men have been coming out on Twitter and social media and I gotta say this really does not look good. Specifically the weight room is the one thing that was drawn to a lot of people's attention while the men had access to what looked like state of the art facilities for working out Game prep, all of the above. The women were basically given a yoga mat and a cheap set of free weights.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was literally like a a small stand that you might see in like a corner gym or even in somebody's home gym. I think it like it maybe, maybe, and this is pushing it, went up to 25 pounds. Yeah. And there was like one set.
0: This is like the person who has a studio apartment or a one-bedroom has this set in the corner near a mirror and a little foam mat. Like, this is not for a team of essentially quasi-professional athletes. Damn near. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'd say for the men, too. I'm not, I'm not saying it yeah, that. I mean... I'm saying in general. They're essentially professional athletes. And the entire team being brought there as their facilities for a athletically sanctioned event, and this is what you provide. It'd be a different story if this was like, oh, this is a retreat for their business class, and this is the workout stuff that they provided, you know, for your business class's retreat. Like, no, this is a NCAA championship tournament, and they are being provided with the ultimate discount person who doesn't work out ever and is, oh, maybe I should work out. Wait, this
1: is what Joe Rogan keeps in his car. I mean, there were essentially nothing at all, next to no equipment. And I mean, the NCAA is kind of, in our opinion, at least, I think we share this one, kind of garbage. I mean, with the fact that players don't own their own image rights and all those compounding factors, it really makes you question... All the money that gets funneled into it, where does it go? Is it all just overhead? Do the players get no benefit, particularly the female athletes competing in the same March Madness competition? Can't get a little extra? I mean, they claimed it was space. I saw the video from the TikTok. Plenty of space. Space wasn't the reason. Unless those floorboards are shoddy, and then that's a whole other discussion.
0: But either way, we can move on. To the octagon, where there is the ending of a chapter. Maybe one of the greatest chapters.
1: Definitely. I think in my experience watching UFC later, I wasn't an early adopter. This is later on in the UFC timeline, but still some of the greatest moments.
0: Yes, an ending of one of the greatest chapters in UFC history. Khabib Namagamenov formally retires from the UFC, from mixed martial arts, Now, as we know, MMA retirements tend to always be taken with a grain of salt, but this one seems pretty legit and goes through filing the paperwork dropped by, essentially dropped by the promotion. It seems as though the sides have moved on from one another.
1: Yeah, I mean, 29 wins in the octagon. An incredible striking power, his ability to get it done on the ground. I mean, really shifted the the dynamics of the UFC and, and is part of what we're seeing as the mold for today's fighters.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean his impact is seen and will remain to be seen for years to come. But we'll get out of the octagon and move to the baseball diamond here. As we got some interesting news coming right off the top here. Jesus Carmargo Corales. He's a twenty five year old from Tempe, Arizona appeared in Eagle County Court on Thursday because he got arrested with a team duffel bag filled with methamphetamine and oxycodone.
1: Yeah, not just like a little bit, not personal use levels for sure. 21 pounds of meth and 2.1 pounds of oxycodone. Heavyweight.
0: Yeah, we're talking serious numbers here, which is crazy. I mean, this is a professional baseball player yes he's a minor leaguer but still using team gear team issued equipment to transport criminal levels of drugs like extraordinary criminal levels of drugs
1: for five hundred dollars is what he was supposedly offered to deliver this bag
0: unbelievable risking his future obviously going to go to jail for a long time
1: yeah i mean these are like
0: like full-on criminal level
1: you go to like a federal prison
0: oh yeah Unbelievable.
1: I wonder if he'll still be a pitcher in federal prison.
0: I know. I I heard he was thinking about switching to catcher. But we did see a player come back to baseball. Yes. While he's he's going away from baseball, we saw a player come back. Yeah. And And that's Joey Votto.
1: Joey Votto makes his return for the Reds after he clears COVID protocols.
0: The former MVP, back with his team, still very productive even at a pretty advanced age here doing it for a while good to see him back good to see him healthy
1: yeah hopes to bounce back from a little bit of a rough 2020 season but hopefully with a little bit more time and some more spaced out games he'll he'll come back to the Joey Votto that we've all known and loved speaking of coming back to the teams although this one was never really in question the Kansas City Royals signed an extension with their stalwart catcher, Salvador Perez, for four years, $82 million.
0: Yeah, it's one of the biggest contracts in Royals history. Bring back the fan favorite, as you said, a stalwart there, a fixture at the club. Excited to see him continue with the team and see how they build around him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was no slouch in production last year, even in the shortened season. He had a batting average of .333. He hit 11 homers and he got thirty-two. Batters to score last season, so hopefully he keeps it up as he rounds past 30.
0: Well, speaking of things that are round, Chris Christie just joined the board of directors of the New York Mets. And I got to say, there are a few things in this world that I despise more than I despise Chris Christie. And one of them is the New York Mets.
1: Yeah, I mean, as if we needed more reasons to dislike them, they add a whole lot of weight to their board of directors We'll see what he does for him. I don't anticipate much, except maybe closing a couple bridges.
0: Exactly. But let's shift our focus over to the National Football League. And even though it's off season, it still seems like this is maybe where the most excitement is day-to-day right now because every team is just th- thick in the middle of crazy offseason moves. Most notably, we saw a handful of quarterbacks on the move.
1: Yep, two more. But not the names that you're thinking.
0: Still, Jacoby Brissett signs with the Miami Dolphins. Longtime Indianapolis Colts starter and then backup who was previously with the Patriots. Now makes his way back to the division with the Miami Dolphins. Remains to be seen what their quarterback situation is going to shake out as. Is he going to be Tua's backup? Will he be competing with Tua? Will he be competing with somebody else? Who knows? There's still rumors that they won't, they they're in on Deshaun Watson. Things are all over the
1: place. Any number of options. Well, another quarterback inking a deal is the newly freed Mitch Trubisky. He's leaving the Bears and going somewhere somehow colder with the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah, I gotta say it's pretty remarkable, Mitch Trubisky. You know his record as a starter is something like you know forty-two and twenty-one or something like that the fact that he was run out of town by a subpar head coach in Matt Nagy, who put it this way. I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky's good, but you're going to, he is at least equally subpar as Matt Nagy. Yeah. Like there's no way that Matt Nagy is superior to Mitch Trubisky. So I don't know what's going to happen there. It'll be interesting, but Mitch finds himself a nice little backup gig in Buffalo And that seems like a good fit. Josh Allen's a pretty reckless player. Likes to throw his body around. If, God forbid, he gets hurt, Mitch Trubisky seems like the perfect candidate to fit into that scheme and maybe be coached into a nice, consistent piece there for Buffalo.
1: You never know. Elsewhere, we see some wide receivers inking some deals. And this one's a big one, I think. A.J. Green is going to ink a deal with Arizona for one year and approximately 8 million.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's a pretty big number for a guy who we have not seen put up big numbers in several years. Obviously, AJ Green, there's no questioning one of the all-time great wide receivers if we're spanning out for the past decade. But over the last 3 years, it's been more games missed than played and not that much production when he's been on the field. Yes, he looks to be behind DeAndre Hopkins. There's some other weapons there, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella. Larry Fitzgerald is still up in the air on whether or not he's coming back. Adding A.J. Green just seems to add a little bit more complication to that, in my mind, than it does clarity. And I don't know where he's going to carve out a big-time role for that kind of money.
1: Yep, yeah, but, I mean, if you're number 2 wide receiver still producing... Doesn't hurt.
0: We saw some other wide receivers sign, though. The biggest name and the biggest money was Kenny Galladay joined the Washington football team. Nope. Nope, the New York Giants? Yep. That's what it was, on a four-year, $72 million deal. And that's a huge signing. He signs to be their number one playmaker. He gets the big money that he was looking for and really one of the more productive receivers in the league since he was drafted four years ago.
1: Yeah, he's gotten consistent production while he was in Detroit. I think this will be an interesting next era in his career and we'll see what a Daniel Jones can do with that new weapon.
0: And we saw another big receiver domino fall, and this one was a little bit surprising. After a lot of speculation, Juju Smith-Schuster re-signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers on a one-year, $8 million deal, the same number as A.J. Green there. And this comes after he said he had other teams offering him more money for more years, including... A pretty substantial offer, apparently, from the Philadelphia Eagles. Nonetheless, he decides to run it back, he said, posting a bunch of Wolf of Wall Street memes and a whole bunch of things about...
1: I'm not going anywhere. He's not going
0: anywhere yeah. and getting all excited about it. It's like, all right, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. There, I, then. And he,
1: he'll always have his TikTok career, so he'll be just fine.
0: We did see a couple other transactions of note One more wide receiver one, though, as the L.A. Rams shored up their stable of weapons for Matt Stafford, bringing in a Philadelphia Eagles fan favorite, Deshaun Jackson, signs with the Rams. I gotta say, I've said it before, Deshaun Jackson could be one of the most exciting players on the field, but he's gotta be on the field, and he has not been able to do that. It seems like ever since he went, really ever, forever, but... Even ever since he went to Washington from leaving Philadelphia and then even his time in Tampa, he always had issues with those calves, with the hammy, with the hip, the groin, just all sorts the of lower body injuries for the most part. Yeah,
1: anything below the nipple has been a, an issue for him this past couple of years, but he's still probably one of the fastest guys in the NFL and can take the top off of just about any defense in the league. So. Yeah,
0: opens up the field a ton so it'll be curious to see how Sean McVay utilizes him, and most notably, curious to see if he's able to stay healthy. But we'll move from out wide to the interior where Kyle Long, the formerly retired offensive lineman, nephew of, or son rather, yeah. of all time great Howie Long, announced his unretirement just a couple weeks ago, and has already put pen to paper on a new deal. He joins the Kansas City Chiefs on a one-year deal. I gotta say, if you're an older guy looking to give it one more shot, I gotta think the Chiefs is the way to go. This, another big step in their revamp of that offensive line that gave them all sorts of headaches during the Super Bowl. Gotta say, could make a big difference. Give Mahomes just a little bit more time, and he can work even more magic.
1: Absolutely. Elsewhere around the NFL, actually back with the Giants, they signed another target for Danny Dimes, and that's Kyle Rudolph in that tight end position.
0: Yeah, looking to bolster the red zone target options for Danny Dimes, Kyle Rudolph, one of the most effective red zone tight ends in football, Gives them some veteran leadership, some steady hands. It'll be interesting to see how that offense looks, especially with a healthy Saquon Barkley.
1: Uh, yeah, and seeing what they can do in that 12 personnel with Evan Ingram on the other side, that'll be a little bit of a headache for defenses to scheme up matches
0: for. A couple of defenders also signed. We saw Anthony Harris ink a one-year deal For $5 million. With the birds. Yeah, big deal with the Eagles there. The safety cornerback combo. Big fan of those kinds of players in years past. He'll look to slot into a pretty weak secondary following the departure of Jalen Mills. Rodney McLeod coming back from injury. This was a much needed signing. We also saw cornerback Kyle Fuller sign a one-year, $9 million deal with the Broncos coming fresh off the heels of his release from the Chicago Bears.
1: Yeah, Bears with a little bit of cap issues needed to free up the money.
0: But a team that is not freeing up the money, at least not in this direction, is the Kansas City Chiefs. They asked Tyreek Hill to restructure his contract to help the team ease up some of their finances, given the obviously out-of-whack cap situation this year. And their all-star wide receiver dug his heels in and refused.
1: Said, nah. He said, once I'm signed, I'm signed.
0: It is an admirable stance to take, obviously, but maybe not winning any brownie points in that scenario. I feel like a lot of times these players agreeing to restructures, it helps the team, helps build the quality of players around them, gives their winning product on the field, and can usually put some money in your pocket right away. Those restructures usually lead to salary being converted into bonuses, which means not having to wait for game checks being able to get that right away. So surprising to see this, but good to see him stick to his guns.
1: Yeah, and stay with the current contract. Elsewhere, also outside the NFL, but involving one of its biggest stars and somebody who's been in the news for several months now, it's Deshaun Watson. He is facing allegations of sexual misconduct.
0: Yeah, now 13 different women are alleging various forms of sexual misconduct from Watson, from groping to various forms of sexual assault, everything in between, exposing himself, vulgar comments, inappropriate touching. I mean, you name it, it is on these lists here. And I got to say, it raises a lot of questions. This is a guy who didn't have any stories like this just a month ago and now, wow, when it rains it pours. Do not want to speculate on the validity of these, but obviously the more people that come out, the harder it is to dismiss.
1: Yeah. And also we should we should just make a note, all of these are, are centered around masseuses.
0: Yes, for the most part, Instagram masseuses or uh a couple or, of like or, established or people that can be called to the home. That that tends to be the leading scenario or circumstance by which these women and Watson were interacting.
1: Yeah, so th- this is a really weird story. The lawyer who's bringing about these allegations says he's got 10 more in the bank. The, this Tony Bunsby, this, the lawyer from Texas, I don't know what to make of this story. Obviously, we're going to keep an eye on it and see how it shakes out. But man, with, with numbers this big, you either think this is something or this is an absolute just just hit piece and could even be the, the Texans facilitating this. You have no idea. this, But this yeah. is a, a weird, crazy scenario following the news of the, the quarterback who doesn't want to play in the city anymore.
0: Yeah, it will be really interesting to see how they sort through all of this, what the ramifications are. Obviously. Oh, and, and
1: none of them are criminal suits, we should also mention. This is all in the civil court system.
0: Correct. So, in the sense trying to advocate justice being served, it's not as though there is any criminal prosecution trying to be taking place or charges being pressed. That being said, I think I speak for both of us when I say we hope that also, we didn't really, you know, we were strictly looking at this in a football perspective, we hope that if this is the case and Deshaun Watson isn't potentially, in fact, as alleged, some monstrous uh, assaulter of women that he is held accountable, and this stuff is brought to light, but obviously uh, there's so many different factors surrounding this, so much smoke, and we I'm sure we are just at the beginning of this roller coaster ride for sure, but with that, I do think it is time for us to take our ball. And go home.
1: Let's go hit the showers.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening to the Balls Over the Top podcast. As always, you can find us on our socials at at B-O-T-T podcast on both Twitter and Instagram.
1: And this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. If you want to find us on a podcasting site, we're there.
0: Yeah, and if you could, if it's available, depending on your platform, smash that like or subscribe or even just throw the link up. Share it with some friends. We really appreciate it, guys. We do. Thanks. Thanks.